Are you a business owner looking for real advice and input? You're in the right place. From concept to launch to growth, funding and beyond. Welcome to Startup Hustle with your hosts. One once sold a business for $150 million. The other, the author of Million Dollar Bedroom. Here are your hosts of Startup Hustle, Matt DeCourcy and Matt Watson. And we're back. Another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here with Matt Watson. Welcome back, Matt. What's going on, man? Oh, I'm just wondering if you're going to stay awake for this episode. I believe you just traveled back from the other side of the world just in time to make it for today's just show. Just in time. And my brain kind of hurts. Your your brain's been killing me for a yeah. long time. So, <laughs> And you know, your, fa- your face. Does your face hurt? Yeah. Because it's killing me as well. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't pass on that one. It's like the, isn't that like the killing first? you with my beauty? Yes, yes. Um, speaking of which, before we get started, today's episode of Startup Hustle is brought to you by FullScale.io, where we can help you build a software development team quickly and affordably. And as Matt mentioned, our beautiful faces are on the Startup Hustle YouTube channel. Thank you for all those that have made it over there to subscribe. Um, with us today, we've got Sumit Manyar, who's the CEO of WellBrain. Sumit, is this true? Yes. That's good. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I'll give you a, I'll give you a little uh, added intro. So those of you listening, you know, I like it when you're interactive. So whether you're listening through your phone or you have a browser near, nearby, go to WellBrain. That's two L's, wellbrain.io. Sumit, tell us what you guys do at WellBrain. Yes. So WellBrain was co-founded by three practicing physicians who were pain doctors. And several years ago, they noticed their patients weren't getting better with traditional opiate-based treatments. So they basically decided and figured out to offer a platform which enables physicians to use an array of different types of services, such as customized guided meditations and accelerated pre-authorization for neuromodulation and other types of therapies. So what WellBrain is, it's an iPad app that enables physicians to prescribe from an array of different types of solutions to help treat their patients better, fight chronic pain, save lives, and address the opiate epidemic. Matt, I have a question. Mm -hmm. Can you please describe neuromodulation to our listeners? Yeah, it's a video game. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, wow. What is neuromodulation? So neuromodulation is an interesting, just think of it as electrical therapy that... uh, See, video game. Yeah. So basically, uh, you can get implantable outpatient procedures either in your spine or peripherally called peripheral nerve stimulation. And so physicians will employ these in order to reduce pain for patients. Let's see. So it's basically sending electrical stimulation to your brain basically and then it kind of absolves the pain that way i'm basically picturing the matrix when they plug <laughs> neo into like all those different Dude, things i wish like, yeah. i know kung fu right i want to know kung i wish fu. i could go to cebu that way yeah just like i could just stay here and they just tap me in and i show up yeah well well we did recently have an augmented reality yep. company in and yeah. they're part of your now you are here today you're actually from san francisco yep where it's probably also cold because it's yet, always cold there. I know. I don't get Even it. Even in the summer. I know. The city, uh, the summer is the worst time to visit. Uh, yeah. I last, well, we were there recently for TechCrunch. Yep. Uh, we went out to just kind of go check some stuff out. And every time I go to San Francisco, I'm enlightened and terrified at the same yep. time. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. So I traveled through there in August on my way to the Philippines and I 
I'm at the airport switching terminals. I'm like, holy shit, it's cold here and it's yeah. August. Yeah. Yeah, you like, go what the hell's going on? But you go five miles away and it's like 90 degrees. So it's, it's so like weird. microclimates. And we'll we'll get into some of that, some San Francisco stuff in a bit, but you're part of Launch KC's health tech right. cohort. And with that, we've had quite a few of your classmates, as yep. we'll call them. Right. Um, but the health tech is also has top level partner of Nutera Capital, local VC fund here in Kansas City. But first off, welcome back to Kansas City. Yep. And I believe later today, I'm going to see the demo, not only of your, that your company is going to produce, but the other companies. Yep. So um, that seems like a good place to start, like with the backstory of how you created WellBrain and then maybe what brought you to launch KC. Yeah, sure. So WellBrain, like I explained earlier, so we had three co-founding pain physicians. They were trained at Harvard, Stanford, the Mayo Clinic, and they had about 30,000 patients. And what was happening was they were noticing all their patients were coming in saying, Doc, I don't care about this visit. Uh, you know, just write me another script for opiate prescriptions. And they're like, no, we're not going to do this. And so they started researching. And through research and through a TED conference down in Long, Long Beach, uh, they came across a researcher. And then they ended up doing a two-year clinical study with Buddhist monks in India, those who practice mindfulness and those who are in chronic pain, and found the evidence was off the charts to address issues such, such as uh, anxiety uh, depression and other factors. And they're like, you know what, why can't we offer this for our patients here? So that became the genesis of WellBrain. And, uh, so it's interesting why I got into digital health as well. So I came from a gaming background in video games and that's all about selling an addiction. And I thought about it and I've been doing all these capitalistic things and it's like, this may be an opportunity to address a socio problem and be capitalistic as well. So that's why I had the interest of joining WellBrain. So I was approached by the lead investor of uh, WellBrain, and that's how I joined the team and got together with them, and I've been there for three and a half years. And uh, basically, to answer your second question with respect to Kansas City, that, that came an interesting opportunity. So my experience, I've been worldwide. I've worked in Tier 2 cities, Tier 1 cities, all over the place, and uh, it was very interesting uh, when uh, Nutera and Launch KC approached me and said, hey, uh, you should really consider our, our accelerator. And at first I wasn't sure about it because I'd have been approached by so many accelerators. But what, what I really liked was what WellBrain is doing, we're nationwide and we're trying to address issues both in rural, urban, and suburban areas. And Kansas City has a good nexus of that. And then when I saw what Nutera has and the whole healthcare ecosystem that you guys have set up in Kansas City, it made a good sense. So that's why I we applied and then we went through the process and we've been here now for 10, 11 weeks. So I, I'm curious, and this is just um, informational. Mm -hmm. What what did you think of Kansas? Have you been to Kansas City before? Uh, yes, actually, uh, I've, I've had to work uh, in Jeff City for six months before when I was based in Chicago for uh, Anderson Consulting back in my programming days. So I had to spend six months there and we'd often sometimes have to... Uh, spend several weekends or weeks in uh, Kansas City just like 20 years ago, but uh, the airport hasn't changed. <laughs> no, it hasn't, but the city has. Yeah. The city has 20 years ago. The, our downtown area was remarkably different. Right. But I think that a lot of people I've talked to that are from wherever um, end up being kind of pleasantly surprised yeah. with what they find here. I think there's a little more uh, tech and other stuff going on than people expect. Did, oh. did you find the same thing? 
Yeah, yeah. I was uh, actually quite surprised. And even to the point, uh, my wife got excited. So she spent uh, like four or five days out here. We checked out all the areas like Power and Light, Creative, yeah. or, or whatever that arts district is, and Southwestport, and a lot of interesting areas. And food is amazing too, right? That so, doesn't hurt. A lot of good restaurants here and everything. So if you like barbecue, you're in the right place. Yeah. By the way, things that people don't say often. My wife is excited to go to Kansas City. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm from here, Matt, Matt is as well. And uh, I, I, you know, we accept KC for what it is, you yeah. know, like we're like the 25th biggest media market. I mean, <laughs> it is what it is. But at the same time, there's a lot of advantages to operating a business here, especially right. when you talk about your hometown of San Francisco where yeah. I just read an article yesterday. The average one-bedroom apartment is now 3700 bucks. Yep, yep, yep. We're in rent control, so we're uh, we're locked in at like 2400 But if we were to move out and move back in, it'd be by 4000 Yeah, and, and <laughs> That's insane. I mean, that's if you live in a city that requires rent-controlled districts. Yep. 2400 a month gets you a pretty nice house here. Yeah, yeah. oh, yeah. Yeah, like really nice. I mean, yeah. you live in a five, 6,000 square foot house for that. Yeah. It's, yeah. Just, it's just beyond crazy. It's just. Uh, so with that, how, how is that, you know, you're a startup. You guys have been at this for three and a half years. Is that yep. correct? And um, I believe you've raised $1.7 million in funding. Mm -hmm. So that sounds like a lot of money until you start thinking about how expensive it can be to operate out in the valley. Like, yeah. How are you guys walking that tightrope? So we're walking that tightrope by... Uh, having distributed expenses. So we've minimized our employees out there. Eventually we'll scale up, but uh, we'll probably have our technical stuff probably somewhere in the United States, but definitely not there. Maybe one or two guys, but then the rest of the team, or it could be overseas. And right now we're managing most of our tech development is overseas in uh, Europe and India, uh, as I explained earlier, like yeah. Latvia. So it's a little bit distributed, but right now we're a lean team, three employees here. We have uh, several pain physicians who are active uh, advisors to us. And then uh, we just need to expand on the sales fronts. But uh, yeah, I hear you I, because in the sense of minimizing labor expense and everything, it's uh, unless you raise a lot of capital, then you can do it uh, viably in San Francisco, but it doesn't make sense. Because it never makes sense to hire software developers for 200 grand a year. Right. That's true. Or more. It doesn't make I mean, yeah. shit, dude, 200 is cheap. When I was, I mean, I was looking at numbers like 250. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. And, you know, the thing is, 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 as much as having people in the same room with you can be a benefit. I mean, right. as, as a company that, that deals primarily in helping people build remote development teams, part of our model does really require you having someone local. Right. But with that, man, like, yeah. I, it's just, it's, it's interesting. Insane. It's about once a month, there's an, a new article comes out and it's company XYZ <laughs> moves, you know, relocating right. a sig either a significant portion. It, yep. it usually be like locating their operation to Kansas City. And then there's like a little byline. They will remain. They will leave a small presence, which means like an office with two people in it, probably in San Francisco. And that's probably because the VCs are like, eh, don't go too what? far. Well, it's like Google and Facebook is gobbling up the city and pushing out companies like Gap and uh, even Levi's and uh, McKesson, which was headquartered there. They're moving 80, 90 percent of their staff. I forgot where Dallas. Yeah. And they're keeping a small presence. So it's well, even the struggle is real, man. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 I still don't know. You know Everybody's I, moving to like Portland and Salt Lake City. Yeah. And 
used and to be Austin, Phoenix, and Vegas, and they're moving. Some least. of those places are getting pricey too. Yeah. Austin's really expensive now. It wasn't. Yeah. That was. Uh, I'm from here, but lived a bunch of other places and was in Indianapolis for a while. And mm-hmm. before we moved back to Kansas City, we had a B option, and that was Austin. And we we're kind of looking at it. And it's too hot. Yeah, I mean, there's you know, it's weird because Austin and Kansas City, like structurally, are very similar. Um, they have a lot of the same yeah, things. Austin's just bigger, yeah. um, and it's in Texas. So if you want to walk around with a pistol on your hip, wait, you can do that in Kansas too. <laughs> so, well, it's funny. I, I wasn't used to that. Like uh, some of these bars, it says leave uh, your uh, weapon in your car or something. They yeah. have a sticker or something like that. I hadn't seen yeah, that I don't think a lot of people are really walking around like that. I think that's just, that's required by law. Oh, Probably yeah. shouldn't give the impression <laughs> to, when I travel overseas, people will ask, like, oh, if you're from Kansas, are there cowboys there? I'm like, really? <laughs> Like I live in a city, man. I live, a lot of cows, not yeah. a lot of cowboys. I live in a suburb. I don't, right. I don't see cows. So, do so getting back to your guys' service. So, yeah. if I'm a physician, mm-hmm. um, what exactly did they use it for, and kind of what is your business model? Yeah. Okay. So, what it is, in, Envision an iPad app and also a smartphone app. And the iPad app, what we've done is coupled with various di- diagnostics that physicians can longitudinally track a patient's uh, well-being, movement anxiety, depression, and those components themselves are reimbursable through insurance. And so we help physicians uh, track that. So when you come into the physician office and let's say you're a chronic pain patient, you'll get the iPad, you'll do these diagnostics and there are questions like... uh, So the patient uses your app as well? Yeah, the patient... fills out some questionnaires or surveys. Right, and and yeah, surveys in in the iPad. And then they get an introductory video uh, to WellBrain where they are taught a deep breathing exercise kind of does all the work for the physician. So the physician doesn't have to explain what this is. And what happens is usually the medical assistant will configure the iPad, walk away, patient will go through these uh, questions, then go through the video, then they'll opt in and get uh, put in their email address and then get a link to use their, on their Android or iOS device at home. And then physician can track those activities. And by the time they're done with that, the physician comes in and asks the patient, oh, what do you think about WellBrain? It's like, oh, by the way, we're going to start off, I'm going to uh, write uh, uh, less of a prescriptive uh, on the opiates, and then the conversation starts from there. Starting from there, that's one aspect. The other aspect is sometimes when I mention about neuromodulation, those same uh, diagnostics that we do, we help the provider do what's known as accelerated pre-authorization approval with insurance companies for these outpatient procedures. So if a physician thinks a patient is a good candidate for this outpatient electrical stimulation or neuromodulation, I should say, sometimes it takes several months to get approval and WellBrain itself acts as a proxy for it. And so that's a reimbursable event. And then what happens is instead of getting that appointment scheduled in three months, you could probably do it in seven to 10 days. And so those are all these other things in the tool chest. Now, what the patient uses at home are an array of customized guided meditations related to the type of pain you might have, and then also anxiety, sleep, depression, what have you not. It's free to the patients to use. And what we found is with the results of this, if patients use mindfulness as little as 10 minutes a day for three times a week, and what we found in studies of 3,000 patients for a minimum of five weeks, we found that uh, 
we saw a 14% reduction in their opiate prescriptions. We saw 18% reduction in emergency room visits. And then 31% of the patients had a reduction in their pain intensity by one third or greater. Usually pain is scored from one to 10. Sometimes the doctor will ask. So if you're at a nine, it drops to a six. So as far as the revenue model is charged, we basically charge a software as a service to uh, physicians and think AWS, where if they want additional services, they'll pay extra uh, $100 a month. We start at like five to $700 a month and then ramp up accordingly. And it's per physician or provider. And then the physician themselves can generate usually three to four times that revenue. And then at the same time, uh, if they're doing these outpatient procedures, then it's a multiple uh, fold of that. And then on top of that, what we're doing with WellBrain is we're providing a longitudinal history for the physician to track. Now, it's interesting enough, uh, this this acts as like an insurance policy. In California, there's this thing called the California Death Certificate where they've passed a law where if any physician has prescribed an opiate and there's an opiate-related death in the state of California, they'll hold that physician responsible. So the physician has to produce this type of evidence, and we do that uh, uh, easily. Perfect. Well, I was going to say, yeah, that's, I think it's great that, yeah. it, I mean, regardless of how that, visit, that someone's being held accountable. Well, and you love it yeah. when the government kind of mandates that people need to use your product. That's <laughs> Dude, good for you. Now, and speaking of use of your product, um, you've got users in 17 states and about 150 physicians working with you. Mm -hmm. So what stage do you consider this to be at? I mean, are you, I know uh, early is still okay, but you have something that's clearly out in the market. Right. I would say we're late early stage moving into almost series A. We're, we're doing about, uh, uh, you know, $18,000 a month in recurring revenue and we could easily, uh, you know, triple that or quadruple that. And that's what I've seen as the baseline for some of our sister portfolio companies and getting their Series A. So we're almost there. And as far as states, it's uh, we haven't targeted any specific states. Well, the, with the exception of being in California, we can reach out to California much better. But we've had inbound interest throughout the country. And then specifically, what's more interesting is our iPad app has become a moat. And all these other types of solutions want to get in. And the physicians, our long-term vision is to offer all types of services, whether it be Tai Chi or you name it, diet, and then AR and VR. So they will plug into our platform and then the physicians can choose from this array. And then we're going to tie it into electronic health records of patients and then eventually become a kind of a deep learning recommendation engine by looking at patient outcomes across the country with various types of treatment. And the long-term vision is basically to be, let's say a woman age 35 with neck pain gets recommended a program saying two months of physical therapy, three months of mindful uh, mindfulness, and then maybe 20% of them get a peripheral nerve stimulation. And then we'll see an 88% success rate. So it takes the guesswork out of the physician because we'll have all this data that we're capturing. And that's the long-term vision of Wellbrain. So how does this relate to like chiropractic care? Uh, that's an interesting question. I guess chiropractic care could be an adjunct. So in the sense like that somebody comes in and I have neck pain, like, yeah, and go to the chiropractor. Well, what, we're open to saying, in, so what we're doing now, there's a company called uh, 
Kaya Help that's looking to uh, work with us. They've been successfully in German, in the German uh, market with back pain, and they're doing a digital therapeutic for that. And they want to be inserted in our system. So similarly, if there's a chiropractic type of uh, solution that's evidence-based, uh, we could incorporate it into the platform. So we have about 15, 20 physicians evaluating all different types of solutions. And as we expand, we can add those solutions into the iPad. Because what I've learned is actually from the gaming industry, when we started developing video games, it was like develop the game. But then we had to develop the chat system, the payment system, all these components around it. And similarly here, that's what's happening with WellBrain. It's like, oh, we built this point solution on customized guided meditations, but we can be much more powerful that, but we're not going to be an expert in developing an AR, VR solution, though there's a lot of interest in our pain doctors, but we don't know which one to work with because there's 10 or 12 of them. But we own this distribution channel of working with providers. So it could but, be. But over, overall, your solution, I mean, I know Matt had, uh, so chiropractors don't write prescriptions. No. So, right. but with that, I mean, pain is pain. Yeah. Uh, I know that's pretty general right. statement there, but the whole, so whether it's your foot, your knee, your leg, right. your neck, whatever, um, that the is well brain is kind of pain agnostic in that regard, meaning like it's, it's more, it's about, because I'm hearing a lot of holistic stuff in here, meaning just like the, the, the mindfulness, the, the, right. and by the way, a lot of that stuff is, uh, you know, these solutions for things, you know, pain is such an interesting yep. thing because it's difficult to diagnose. And yeah, um, my face gives you pain. Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh, you don't even want me to list all right. the things that give me pain. pain. Yeah. Pain is very subjective and some of, some of the aspects is holistic, but, uh, so like but I said, it's hard to diagnose. So my, my brother-in-law and sister are both uh, doctors. My sister's an anesthesiologist. My uh, brother-in-law is an ER doctor. And, you know, a lot of these people, you know, we've created this whole, like, massive economy of junkies, basically. Yeah. You know, these opioid addicts. Mm -hmm. And, dude, that shit gets a grip on people, man. Like, you want to talk about lie, lie, cheat, or steal? They will do it. And people come in, and that's the thing. So there's a couple of things like back pain and tooth pain are very difficult to diagnose. Right. So they'll come in and they'll be like, my back hurts. And you can't necessarily just take an x-ray always and go, oh, well, you've got a problem there. So, yeah. I mean, is that some of the stuff you're attempting to monitor too? Well, yeah. So there's a definite, chronic pain is any pain that lasts three months or longer. But uh, what we're trying to do is, there's a couple of concepts. There's this a concept called neuroplasticity. So this is a little more on the holistic side, but if you think of positive thoughts and emotion and deep breathing, there has been some evidence showing that your brain has the ability to rewire itself. As it's rewiring itself, you are alleviating some aspect of pain. Uh, if uh, you look at uh, soldiers that come back from the war, they have this uh, phantom limb syndrome. And that's pure evidence that the brain is, the pain is emanating from the brain. So what we're trying to do is minimize that. Now, some of the scientific stuff that we're working with purely is a lot of these medical device companies that are on our platform where they have the neurostimulation and that, and there the science is pretty clear cut uh, how well it works. So some of it's holistic, and then some of it is like actual clinical trial driven and FDA driven. We don't get into that, but with our partners, we do. So, so you, you talk about the like the measuring thing, you know, measurable brain waves yeah. or different stuff like that. I mean, if you're in severe pain, yeah. that should be detectable, right? Yeah. So it's interesting. We have a biofeedback mechanism and we've incorporated. So not only do we have third-party solutions, but we have like a single lead EEG, EEG headset 
that looks like something we should strap onto Watson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it measures your alpha and beta. I like strap-ons. Those look cool. Yeah. <laughs> and it measures your alpha, beta, and theta waves. And what we see right now, we're going to publish some science on it, but when you're in chronic pain, it's very jagged. And if you look at monks, it's a very smooth curve. And we have this score from zero to 100%. And this is where the gamification comes in. What we've seen with patients, if they've practiced meditation over time and with their chronic pain state, that jagged curve gets smoother mm -hmm. and smoother. Now, we need more evidence to publish the clinical science behind it, but that, that is an indicator that some of the doctors are using to say, hey, you know, this is working. So you can really kind of diagnose that type of pain. There's other types of things you can derive from. It's pretty cool called heart rate variability. And we were going to incorporate a device, but we just found a company in California that can do it using pulse oximetry from the light of your phone. You can measure the oxygen level in your finger and you can derive some type of, you know, pain, if you will, score from that. And then again, sometimes some of our patients say, hey, can we, can, can I show my score to other people and compete? So there's some of that going on. We haven't built that in, but that's something. So that I can compete with Matt about who's in the most pain. Or who who has a more stable mind? <laughs> oh wow! Dude, so my my dad has uh, chronic pain, uh -huh. and uh, he could probably yeah. benefit from a lot of these things. Yeah, I I keep telling him it's just old man problems, but, but no, no, no. It's, but dude, the struggle's real, man. Like yeah. I mean, there's there's things that, and that's the thing that's challenging with opioids. And I, you know, I mentioned that in a different in an episode when you weren't here, we had a, one of your other health tech uh, cohorts in here. And, you know, a lady in her neighborhood went in for a tooth surgery like 15 years ago and they cracked her tooth and did something to the nerve and mm -hmm. gave her painkillers. And mm -hmm. they just like it yep. freaking ruined her life after that. Yep. And, you know, like the, the thing that's crazy is like people go in, they, they aren't trying to become addicted to opioids right. and they don't want to be in pain. But that stuff is like these things that are highly addictive. Uh, it's problematic, man. It's like it really is. And, and there's all like a whole I don't know. I, I think it's kind of interesting that they're starting to hold these pharmaceutical companies accountable. There have been some judgments in some states mm -hmm. for billions, yep, yep, billions. And if you look at the precedent that that's setting, I, I'd be freaked out if I was big pharma because right. a lot of this stuff is very irresponsible in many ways. Like you know, you didn't need OxyContin because you had a, a bad day, yep, right or something. I mean, it, yeah, I did. You didn't, dude. I mean, yeah. I'm just well, telling you. Like, Here's the interesting story. So these compounds, uh, like OxyContin and what have you not, they are 50 to 125 times more addicting than heroin. Yeah. Oh, geez. So, yes. And the standard of care in Europe, like uh, Germany, Denmark, and Australia, usually post-surgery, is usually three days worth of painkillers. That's enough. And here in the U.S., now they're changing it, but what would ha one of the unintended consequences of the Affordable Care Act was the quality scores based on surgery that happens in the hospital. That's how most people have gotten addicted. They go into the surgery, you know, a kid with uh, football injury gets a shoulder surgery, whatever. As they get discharged, you get a 30-day supply. You... What's been known? It's like giving someone two, uh, three cartons of cigarettes yep. and being like, "Hey, I hope you don't get hooked." And and some of the science has shown if you're male, you'll be addicted within 13 days, mm -hmm. and you or sorry, 17 days, and if you're female, 13 days. And so, I don't even think it takes that long for some people, right? Because here's another thing too: is, is addiction is 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 more than just physical dependency. Yep. Because some people get a taste of that, right? And they're like, "Man, I like this." 
I, oh, I feel yeah. better because they might have, and that's what I actually like about Wellburn's approach because I think a lot of the the issues that people medicate for mm -hmm. when you talk about pain are not necessarily all related to whatever's causing the pain. You talk yeah. about things that are reducing anxiety, like anxiety is the first step on the way to. Um, craving of sorts, yep. like people that are quitting. Like I used to smoke cigarettes a long time ago and I quit. And the thing that would, the hardest part about quitting was the freaking anxiety. Yep. Do you want to choke someone? And, you know, like, yeah. and that's, that's the same feeling of dependency that, you know, these folks, and then the physical part, like people that get addicted to opioids and all that stuff, they, I mean, they get physically sick, yeah, like throwing up, like messed up and they want to just fix that and that's if what they don't take it yeah and wow. that's what and and that's the thing is like i mean legitimately the things that we are often prescribing to people are are like i mean if i if you went to the doctor and i was like hey matt i know your knee hurts so i'm going to give you some smack i'm gonna give mm -hmm. you some heroin here now i want you to go ahead and take this every day for a couple weeks and then call me back would you would that sound logical to you yeah it would. Yeah. It wouldn't. No? No. Hell no. I mean, it's, it's the same thing. It'd be like, right. Samir, I'm going to give you some opium and <laughs> here's a pipe yep. and I'm going to teach you how to smoke it. And in a couple of weeks, come back and tell me how things are going. Yeah. But that's, I mean, that's yeah. a similar that's what concept. Yeah. You're high as a kite and then <clears throat> you give them a score 10 out of 10, then the hospital gets fully yeah. reimbursed and they get well, paid then, for their surgery. The, flip side like i'm in the was in the philippines where like none of the women get epidurals yeah man yep. yeah now by the way when jill uh when jill had <laughs> those ladies still have babies our first our yeah <laughs> but there's issues too like when jill got an epidural um when our uh, first child was born and they kind of messed it up and afterwards she, she had like a lot of back problems and weird mm -hmm. stuff like that and that's that precursor to a lot of this stuff right. the, yeah. part of the issue is is with doctors though and i like that account trail of accountability because mm -hmm. doctors here's the thing is you have all these different doctors and they all have a different opinion yep. on how when what and why and you know some doctors legitimately believe if someone's in pain and i can do something to help treat that that is the right solution correct and the problem is is now that they've created you know and, and then some doctors don't give a shit they're like oh wait you'll come back every month so. <laughs> and, and and drive my revenue up and it's like Wow. Well, did they change any of the laws or kind of standard well, of care around like how many days you get or talking about like what? ACA changes, things like right. that? Right. So the CDC, uh, the Centers for Disease Control, they've mandated now and also the Joint Commission, which is a accreditation organization for all the hospitals. They've mandated now that prior to any surgery, the physician or the staff has to discuss with the patient other forms of treatment except opiates. So at least they're aware and they can cover for it. So the good news is WellBrain is in a good spot for that because this is an easy solution to say, hey, here, there are several different forms of other types of things you can consider in lieu of opiates, or maybe you only need the two-day supply as opposed to the 30-day supply. So that is a good effect from that. So now it's cascading down. The behavioral health components of it, there's some interesting thing that the CDC has pushed where... It's very interesting for pain providers, what used to be treated in hospitals is now being uh, offered to pain providers where you can track the behavioral health of a patient, and there's all these codes for that. So there's some changes. Uh, it's coming good, and it's, it's really interesting. The federal government is actually 
much more proactive on this. And it's interesting, the private insurance companies are a little bit slow to adopt to it. So there's these things called Medicare, right? And uh, Medicare reimburses faster in some cases than the privates because the privates haven't updated their uh, uh, internal thing. And privates meaning like your regular Aetna or uh, those type of insurance companies. But so there are changes come along the way. And uh, I think on both sides of the, from a bipartisan effort, there've been several initiatives uh, addressing, I forgot the act specifically, but funding for opiate related uh, aspects, you know. Yeah, that struggle's real. Yeah. For those of you listening, go to wellbrain.io. You can learn all about what Wellbrain does. And then Matt, um, something happened while you were gone. Really? We are on TikTok now. What? Yeah, and you can find us at what at TikTok T I K T O K. Like every episode, or For, what? no? It's no, no. You can't do that on TikTok. <laughs> well, then it, what's on TikTok? It's like Vine. Yeah, yeah. it's like you get like twenty seconds. So it's something. just uh, us it's Chinese with a money gun or something. Yeah, something. Yeah, okay. there's. You should go check it out. There's okay. some already some videos of you. Maybe I may finally. spend like an hour on there on mindless you can, shit. You can go. Uh, it's Is that part of Wellbrain, like pain relief, <laughs> like yeah. wasting an hour on yeah. TikTok. The thing yeah. that I found is that, um, and I have yet to prove this clinically, but there's a high likelihood that you will be in pain after visiting the startup hustle <laughs> TikTok page, but that's oh, forward God. slash at startup hustle. So yeah, we're, we're there. And if you want to see pictures from today, uh, go to the gram at startup hustle podcast. Okay. And there's yeah. always, this is where we can accentuate our own beauty. Mm. Yeah. I need to start using more of those filters. I was going to say, I've never met a camera that liked me. Did you see the pictures of me wearing makeup? Yeah, I don't want to talk about it. Okay. Is TikTok popular with your staff in the Philippines? Uh, we have had an account for about two days, so okay. <laughs> I do not know yet. Yes, yes, and right. we will not post those other pictures. Oh, why not? They might be really popular. Mm. You're just worried I might be prettier than you. No, I'm not. I've given up on beauty. <laughs> it, it's really funny. It's, we can it, tell. Do you remember the, I know, you remember the show Married with Children? <laughs> yep. You yeah. know, and Al Bundy always, ah, I'm married with children. Yeah. And like, I've, I think I've fully entered that phase of my life. I'm just like, yeah, I've said that recently. I'm, really? like, I'm married, which I'm 44 <laughs> years old. I got two kids. I'm not. You mentioned earlier, you're like, are you working on your dad bod? Eh, kind of. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> I mean, kind of. Yep. I just want to be able to fit into my full array of full scale shirts that all look exactly the same that I'm not wearing today. Yeah. I'm sporting the code blooded killer yeah, shirt you got from Stackify. Yeah. Stackify. yeah. I guess you should probably mention that. You know, you own a business too, right? Stackify.com. I, I do. Yeah. You guys do stuff and things, we, right? We do. Well, Application performance monitoring for other software companies. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. That's probably a good Companies thing. like Wellbrain. We oh, can okay. actually like save money and like find problems easier and like do clever stuff. Everybody's code sucks and has performance problems. So yeah, yeah. I put, I was trying to upload this uh, podcast feed just to see what our app score was. And it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't working. I, how do I? How do I install Stackify and the podcast server? I don't think it works that way. No. Co- think- coding for optimization. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. About that. Yeah. So. Um, well, anyway, so as far as like, so I know you alluded to some of this earlier, but what, what do you really see? Like what, what's in the immediate future for Wellbrain and, mm-hmm. and like, what, how are you going to parlay the, the new relationship with Nutera Capital and all that? Like, what do you, what do you see being able to, to come down the pipe? 
So what we see, what is really exciting is uh, we're trying to incorporate a telepsych solution, and it may not sound too complicated, but there's a lot of solutions out there that have a network of psychiatrists, but not too many have a network of psychologists. And what this is, is with respect to chronic pain, you know, there's more push to, like you said earlier, to take a look at the comprehensive view of the patient from, you know, the mental anxiety and those aspects. And sometimes what we track in our well brain, what's exciting about this is sometimes if a patient strides high for severe depression, then it's beyond the rubric of that pain physician and they have to get a psychologist involved. However, if you're the patient under insurance, most psychologists in the country do not take insurance. So then there's a roadblock. And then if you're in a rural area, you have to drive 200 miles to get that. So now there's some reimbursable events for telepsych, and we're going to look to build that. And Nutera is going to help us uh, partner with some companies that they've identified. So we're really excited about that. We're looking forward to starting development of that probably next quarter or in the next two quarters. But that'll be a game changer in solving a last mile issue for some of the things that we're trying to do with all the companies that we're working with, you know, like I mentioned. Like that, the, that's a real issue in all forms of medicine. Yeah. So, and I, I became, became aware of that as my sister graduated from medical school. And mm -hmm. so, the, so you look at, we're here in Kansas and really Kansas is like Kansas city and then mm -hmm. it's a bunch of cornfields and wheat and whatever the hell they're growing out there. Yeah. But, you know, you look at some of these like Western Kansas states that are literally like as rural as you can get and yeah. they, they won't have a doctor in the town. Right. So these, these towns will create contracts and literally over five years or something like that, pay off a newly graduated doctor student loan yep. in agreement for them to come exist there in the community. And that, that telemedicine, as you refer to it, mm -hmm. and that's a real thing, is something that is becoming a lot more attainable as people everywhere are getting bandwidth that matters. Right. Mm-hmm. That was one of the big things when Google Fiber first came to Kansas City. That 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 was. Do you remember them talking about that? Like mm -hmm. the the fact that like telemedicine because of the gigabit internet would mm -hmm. be able to they could just have like a higher definition. It would, it would open up potentially open up medical options for. There's a um, a guy in my neighborhood that's an X-ray tech, and he works from home. And services like uh, emergency sure. rooms that's across a, that's a different great places. Example, yeah. Yep. And so when they need somebody to review an X-ray, he's just sitting at home. In yep. his basement, he, it looks like a freaking command center down there with all this computers. But he actually uses Google Fiber yeah. Yeah. and uh, just stares at x-rays out of his home. Yeah. And then other things, too, as you just mentioned, like that, uh, you know, you look at 10 years ago and like some grainy ass video yep. where you couldn't mm -hmm. see anything. And now it's like, uh, do you want 4K? Right. Mm -hmm. And that that makes a big difference for a doctor because this, the you know, site being able to see something and just being like, yeah, man, my leg hurts. Yep. yep. Okay. Well it might hurt because half of it's missing. Yeah. You might be able to see that in granny right. video too. So, <laughs> well, Sumit, thanks for coming in. Yeah. I, I really find this to be fascinating. I'm excited that you're uh, working with Nutera. I've been really impressed with them. As mm -hmm. I mentioned, I've, I've known Jeremy for a while and um, I know that they're excited to be working with companies like you guys. I'm really a huge fan of what LaunchKC is doing. You can go to launchkc.org and check out, they're going to put out like six different verticals. They're going to yep. help three dozen companies get funded 
create top level partners, it's significant. And we are the official development partner of LaunchKC. So we like that too. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I'm looking forward to seeing the demo um, that you're going to throw down. Uh, by the time this comes out, that will be, uh, your demo today was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking past tense. Right. We like to close our episodes by doing a, a uh, what we call founder freestyle. Okay. So we just kind of give you the mic for a minute and whether you left something unresolved, regardless of what you want to say, uh, okay. the mic is yours. All right. Well, I'd like to leave a message for all listeners for this. Like a couple of things I found is one is if you get a surgery or no loved ones getting a surgery, you know, challenge your providers or physicians. Don't take the 30 day supply. Don't take all the opiate prescriptions, minimize it to two to three. And then the second thing, what I found from the science, the benefits of mindfulness and just meditation is phenomenal for everyone in the sense that now they've shown studies from Harvard and MIT where 50 metabolic functions improve from your microbiome and the chemicals that they secrete. So overall, it's just a win-win for anyone out there just to practice even just a little bit of deep breathing. We don't do often enough of that. We're just always running around. But just take the time, maybe just even five minutes a day as part of your workout routine, and it will improve your life no matter what condition you're in. Interesting. Well, I, I love uh, what you guys are doing and, um, you know, big fans of especially anything that can help people's um, outcomes and getting them off opiates yeah. and all that stuff. I think it's really cool. And it's amazing how uh, technology plays a role. And it seems like you guys are kind of in the right place at the right time now with you know, like talking about the state of California trying to mandate, you know, right. proof of why people were given the prescriptions, all that stuff. So I wish you guys all the best luck. Yep. All right. Thank and, you. And before I before I shut this down, once again, today's episode of Startup Hustle is brought to you by Fullscale.io. Make sure to go check out Wellbrain at Wellbrain.io. Uh, you guys have apps in the App Store. Yep. Are those publicly available? They will be publicly available right now. Uh, you can um, download it on the iPad and then the iOS and Android. Right now, we make it accessible through the physician, but if anyone sure. wants to contact me, I'm more than happy to yeah. uh, uh, send them a link, Samit at wellbrain.io. Uh, I so think in the future, will it work without a physician? Or? Yeah, yeah. It We're going to make it publicly available. Right now, we ask patients to, we get a lot of inbound traffic. We just don't have the resources to make it fully open to B2C, but I want to open it up to everyone and give access to it. I think for my for my freestyle moment here, I'm going to encourage people to embrace what we have referred to as mindfulness exercises. I mean, it's it's very with five minutes of if you if you wrap your arms around that a little bit, you can clear your head in like five minutes. Yeah, I mean, you can, and sometimes you know whether and that's really applicable for a lot of different things, especially for entrepreneurs because there's a lot of negativity and failure, and like if you can just on some ways hit a little bit of a reset button and kind of get back into a positive mindset. You can get a lot, you can get a lot done. I mean, you know, what's already happened has happened. (laughs) Yeah. What we do with patients, just start with two minutes, then three minutes and build up from there. And then don't think of it at five minutes as something forever. Yeah. And as, and as Buddhists will say, it's kind of funny that when it comes to meditation, they say it's really easy. Just sit. 
Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and I learned that a long time ago, but that means turn everything off. Like try it, yeah. just like do try it. And it, it's really, it's, it's very interesting. I think it takes more than five minutes actually, because yeah, I think does. it takes about 15, 20 minutes to kind of quiet your own mind. And then you might be really surprised at like some of the clarity and different stuff that comes up, but turn everything off. Right. I mean, All literally screens. everything, anything, anything that makes any kind of noise, the quieter, the better. Um, so with that, I'm going to be quiet myself. Now, hold on. I'm going to go, Wait. can I go do my deep breathing while I watch the TikTok videos? <laughs> um, well, we're going <laughs> to, I'm going to make a TikTok video of you deep breathing. So I can oh, make perfect. sure, oh, okay. I can there make sure we get, so I make sure we have something that won't get any likes. Okay. All perfect. Right. Hey, here's a 20 second video of a guy breathing. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like a good way to build a following. Right. See y'all next time. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Startup Hustle with Matt DeCorsi and Matt Watson. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit startuphustle.xyz. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and subscribe. And we'll catch you next time on Startup Hustle.